So please be aware. Do you have the inartistic proofs that you're trading from? Like facts, evidence, things that are right there in front of you, things happening at candle closure in the moment right now. Is that what you're creating your behaviors on? Is that what you're taking your trade management on? Or are you still in this artistic proofs, this ethos, legos, pathos, this old way of manipulation and persuasion against self? Are these ifs, shoulds, coulds happen in the future? Are those the things that you're using to justify the bad behaviors to yourself? Because if they are, we can figure out which ones. Because like I said, everyone's different. You may have one that's much stronger than the other. And then when we know which one it is, we can start to attack it. We can start to break it down and we can start to get on top of these bad recurring behaviors. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. We're back for a brand new week. I feel like my summer is over, unfortunately, which as an Australian, it's a sad thing to have such a short summer. We had what was equivalent to about two weeks, um, hence the the beanie. It's starting to get cold again, and I've got my boots back on. So um, uh, it's, yeah, it's looking like a goodbye summer, which, again, I'm a little bit sad about, but... With the good comes the bad. We're talking about, uh, sorry, hypnotic rhythm just last week from the lovely book Outwitting the Devil. And, you know, we're discussing that the the seasons come and go and with new seasons come change and growth. And so everything has to work in its cycles and it is part of life. So as one one good thing leaves, we open the doors to to something new and something something nice. Um, today, I'm grateful for family time. I uh, had a good 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 time spent with family. Like I said, it was a bit rainy and wet. So we spent a bit, lot of time indoors together, uh, but it was nice. It was really fun and spending just quality time watching the sun grow ridiculously quickly. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's magical. So, you know, although there's the rain, we get to spend some quality time inside. So silver lining, right? Um, I'm grateful because some of my friends are booked. So we'll be catching up in September in here in my, my hometown. So it's nice home friends from home. Um, and today I'm also Grateful for continued learning. Um, sometimes running this podcast, you know, it is three days a week. And sometimes there are moments where I'm just like, okay, I've got so much stuff on. I've got to find time to to find content and to, and to learn and, and um, you know, not just regurgitate something, but actually learn it. I often do a lot of reading and pod- listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos. And I think the best way to learn something is to learn it to the extent and with the mindset that you can teach it. So I'm grateful for this community because it's forcing me for continued learning. It's forcing me to continue to find new avenues. And not only that, but my learning, I then look at in a way that I can imply, uh, employ on to my trading. So it really helps me to kind of look from multi different, from a, multi, from a multitude of perspectives to try and find ways to resolve the issues that keep arising. 
the whole point of this podcast is for traders to learn certain ways that they can maybe change their behaviors to get to that level. I mean, I say this a lot on the show that we are all individual, we are all different. And so teaching mindset and trading is very personal in the sense that what I teach to one person may work really well and not work well at all for someone else. And, you know, even for myself, I'm continuing to explore different avenues and some things work really well for me. And when I put them into action, I can really see some growth. Some things I try out for a little bit and they don't really work for me. So I keep looking and learning and growing and developing and trying to share as much as I can um, with you. So although sometimes it can be hard to, to come up with um, continuous content, like some days, I'll, some months, I'll just have idea after idea after idea and I'll write them down and I'll have this list that's so long that I'm like, what should I talk about now? And then sometimes it just, you know, you go through that and you kind of have some flat moments, but those are the ebbs and flows of, you know, ryth- rhythmic nature as we were talking about just the last week. So I'm grateful for all of it. Grateful to be kind of forced into continued learning and to have this ongoing growth. And it's important to look back and look at how far you've come and the growth that you, you, you do have um, and not get lost in the things that you're still trying to strive for. Which I think is really important. So today I'm doing this weekend, I was doing a little bit of that, you know, reviewing my progress and reviewing kind of the things that I've achieved and and what what else is to come and how I can continue to improve. So chuck your gratitude in the chat. Make sure that you're doing that with yourself. Make sure that you're observing and reviewing and, and giving yourself credit where credit is due. You know, often we change so gradually that it's not nothing major. But then you might go find someone you haven't seen in ages and they'll be like, whoa, you're a completely different person, but you haven't noticed it because it's been slowly and progressive. And I mean, that's the goal, right? To have continued slow growth. But sometimes we don't uh, appreciate how far we've come and we don't look at ourselves and give ourselves the the cheers and the pat on the back for, for the stuff that we have done. So I implore you to give yourself a little bit of self-reflection today. Um, look at how far you've come. Look at the goals that you maybe wanted a year ago and how many of them have you achieved. Maybe you, you're living the life that you actually were manifesting from two, three years ago. I know if I look back at my 20-year-old self and where I've come to, like I can't believe how many of the things that I wanted I've actually gotten and how far I've come and how far we are still going. So very grateful <clears throat> for growth and for you know the ability to observe it. So again, chuck your gratitude in the chat. We have some grateful to be back at a morning routine. Yeah, morning routine can be really helpful. Um, I was never one for routine, but now that I've started to sort of settle down and grow business a bit more um, intentionally, I found routine very helpful. And this last week, I was a little bit out of whack and I still haven't quite got into it and I noticed the difference. All right, today we are going to be talking a little bit about, we're going to go back in time to Greek times um, and we're going to be taking some some notes from Aristotle you know, he was, I think he learned from Pluto, I believe, and he was the one to teach, you know, Alexander the Great. And so he's very interesting philosopher, um, still learning, always learning a lot about him. But um, he talks a lot in terms of different philosophies and kind of this uh, rhetoric triangle he's well known for. I think it's rhetoric. Um, yeah. So he has this idea that, where are we, that when, and this is in terms of like persuasion and manipulation, and the reason I bring this up actually is for a bit of context is because I truly feel that when we're on the charts, we have momentary decisions to be made, right? We're, let's say we're in a trade or we're looking for a trade, either or we we see something that sets up it might match our trading plan. We're thinking logically, we, we enter that trade. And then we have this moment of kind of 
internal battle or internal, I guess, conflict. And now this is, I think, the difference between a professional trader and a newbie trader or, you know, someone still learning is that this internal conflict that happens should dissipate um, as we get to more of a professional level. And it kind of is this battle of persuasion and manipulation. We see things happen on the charts and so we become manipulated. And then we're in an internal conflict with ourselves, persuading us what to do next. We have that inner voice. Chuck someone's in the chat if you've been in a situation where you have that inner voice going, oh, but it could do this, or then maybe it should do this. And then, oh, if it does do that, then I might miss out, or I could perhaps maybe I should do this instead. And this battle just goes back and forth. And what you're really doing is your current self is trying to persuade your current self to do one thing or the other. And and logically, we know we should be listening to our trading plan, which is our previous self telling us what to do in an unemotional situation. But we actually have this internal monologue, and it's probably coming from our subconscious or let's just say our ego, um, where we want to be protected. And so our ego protects us in any way it knows how from this instantaneous moment. So our ego's job is to make sure that we are safe in the current circumstance. And it doesn't care about the future, the past, any of that sort of stuff. It doesn't care about what you know to be factually true. It just cares, am I safe right now? And depending on what your beliefs are and where your values lie, it will tell you whatever you need to hear in order to to, to stop that. So let's say you are coming from a, a place of desperation and money is really, really important to you right now. And you're in a trade and you haven't fully accepted the risk and you start to, it starts to go down backwards and you're like, oh, okay, um, I can't do this. I can't afford to lose money right now. Ego is going to jump in and tell me, right, we need to do something. We need to do something. Just exit or, you know, it could be doing this or, you know, let's just quickly move stop loss or whatever it is. Let's, let's, let's protect ourselves in this current situation because I can feel emotion coming from, you know, ah, the, the trade's not going our direction. Panic, panic, ego, protect me. And this is kind of what's happening. And what it then does is it uses certain well, this is what we're going to talk about today, certain, let's say, artistic proofs to persuade you into doing something different. And now when we talk about the rhetorical triangle, we're talking from an artistic proof point. of um, point. And now when Aristotle talks about persuasion and manipulation, he says there's um, artistic proofs and inartistic proofs. And I'll get into this in a bit more so it'll make more sense. But I truly believe that once you reach this level of going from artistic proof to inartistic proof, then you have made that switch from newbie trader, still trading with emotion, to real logical, factual-based trading basing based on probability. But while we're using this artistic proof state, in, in this artistic proof state, we really are still suffering from that inner dialogue, that inner persuasion. And it's only when we fully make that shift that we can start to look at trading from probability and not link our emotions to it, okay? And so when we move into this two categories, let's say, um, we have artistic proof, which is the rhetorical triangle, which is ethos, pathos, and lo logos, okay? Now, I'm probably butchering them, so if anyone speaks Greek, I apologize. But these are the three terms that Aristotle used to kind of explain how any persuasion can be won or any manipulation or any, any conversation can basically be won through these different levels. Okay. So the ethos is basically the ethics. It is, well, it's not the ethics, it's the characteristics and it can kind of be um, a little bit 
misused like I just did. But the ethos is the credibility of the person who's making the argument. So what is the credibility of the person who you're listening to? What's their appeal like? What's their intelligence? What's their backstory? You know, do you trust them? Are, are they there for, do they have goodwill behind what they're telling you to do? Now, if you're talking, let's say we're in a coaching class or a live trading session, we all know that Teresa has quite a good level of credibility. She's got the intelligence relative to trading. Her intentions are good and she knows what she's talking about because she's got results, right? And so she's got very high level of ethos. Now, when we're in the point of listening to a live trade, it's like, okay, I'm going to trust heavily kind of what's coming from there because I understand that she's got high level of ethos. So, so this, to me, the way I believe and the way I, let's say, see her is at a high level, which gives me confidence in trusting what she has to say. This is this is what ethos is. Now, when we talk about it, when we're tra- making our own trades and more, more so to the trade management aspect of things, who is the person that's telling us what to do? It's ourselves. And let's be honest, if you can't trust yourself, who are you going to trust? Your ego knows how to look after itself. And so the problem is there's a very strong ethos behind the person telling you what to do because it's you. Now, that might not be True, you might not have the credibility regarding to trading. And and unfortunately, you may not be trusting previous self. But in that current moment, the ego doing what it does best and protecting itself, it's like, listen to me, I know what I'm doing. And that's kind of way, where this credibility is coming from. So there's a very high level of ethos behind this artistic proof. Next is pay, uh, logos. And this is like the logical appeal. And so chuck some ones in the chat if you've ever being able to logically explain to yourself why you're moving your stop loss or why you're not taking your exit. I know I definitely have. It's one of those situations where it's like, okay, if it closes above the aqua, let's say I'm going to exit. And then it does that, but it blips red. And you're like, well, actually the gray is just here. It's only like five or 10 points up. I'll, it's probably going to turn around at, at the gray. And logically you can go, actually, that makes a lot of sense. You know, It's probably going to reject there and then it's going to go back into my direction. And then you can continue to do this. You can be like, oh, well, it's actually about to make an LC exit. So if if it does that, th- then, I, then I'll exit. It, it's pretty logical that it's going to reject off there and continue back in my direction. You know, the higher timeframes are going my way. So this this should hold it off. And then this continues to happen until it hits your stop loss. Check some ones in the chat if you've been there. This is that Logos-based um, artistic proof. This is your brain basically saying, I can make logic as to why I should remain in this trade, or I can create logic as to why me not acting upon my trading plan is the right thing to do. And so there's a very high level of logos, right? You can logically explain. And unfortunately, this happens when your knowledge is high enough. um, And you're in that, what are we talking about? I think it's the unconscious competent. No, No, the other way around. It's the conscious incompetent. It's when you know enough to logically explain to yourself why things should be doing, why you should be doing the things you're doing. But unfortunately, you don't understand the whole picture. So therefore, you're making these mistakes detrimental to yourself, if that makes sense. So you have the ability to go, ah, this could happen or this could happen or I can foresee this happening. But that logic is actually going against the previous logic of this is my exit, you should exit. And then, of course, the last, and this is the most, the strongest, shall I say, is that the pathos, pathos. Again, I apologize to anyone Greek. Um, This is the emotions. And so this is the emotional appeal. And this is what we can all relate to. Um, This is a a bunch of mindset as well. This is where we're going, oh, but if it goes past here, it's going to take off. If 
it pulls back up to the aqua, I can actually get a better entry for it to be going down. If it does this, I can get more money. Oh, actually, if it turns around here, I'm going to be terrified of losing this and it's going to like cripple my account or it's going to blow my challenge or something along these lines, all this emotional based um, trading. And so when we look at this persuasion from self, we've got high credibility because it's you telling you what to do. And of course, you trust yourself, even though sometimes we shouldn't. It's a logic based when you've got enough information that it that you can justify why you're making the mistakes. And it's definitely emotional based because everyone has such a high emotional attachment to money that we can justify these manipulated behaviors very easy because what are we doing? We're protecting ourselves or we're protecting our account. And unfortunately, this doesn't actually play out in the long term. Now, with each of these things, you either have to do it more over and over again until you can realize that, let's say, okay, I'm going to trust myself on this and you keep doing it and making mistake, making mistake, making mistake until you get to a point where you go, okay, maybe I should stop trusting myself. I need to find something else. And you lose that credibility. But how do you lose that credibility? Only by making the mistake over and over again. Or you logically justify it to yourself and you go, right, I have said that it's going to reject off the aqua. Uh, I've said that if it doesn't close behind the aqua, it's going to reject off the gray. And you keep doing that and notice, you have to notice it so many times that it doesn't happen before you go, okay, this logic is flawed. I'm going to change it. And then the emotion, the same kind of thing. You have to make that mistake over and over again based on, oh, you know, I actually just wanted this trade or this money amount is X amount of value to me. It hurts so much that it lost. The problem here is that I think we cross-reference each three of these. And so there's never any strong evidence to any one particular aspect of this being at fault. It's a combination of three. And so it's like, oh, this time it was me emotion. This time it was me logically. This time, you know, I actually, I still trust in, in my trades. So it's a really interesting concept that I'm trying to put forward here. And it's a little bit complicated to um, wrap your head around. But this artistic proof has such strong values because the person persuading us is ourselves. And we can logically justify it. We can emotionally justify it. And of course, we're trusting ourselves at, at pretty much all the time. Um, now, what I'm suggesting is that when we make these mistakes or when we start to see in our trade reviews where we're, we're doing faults, shall we say, I want you to look at these three categories and try and justify it and try and categorize it, sorry. Which one is it that, that I'm actually falling under here? Was this a logic-based persuasion for me not to follow my trading rules? Was it me justifying it to myself like, yes, there is the LC, yes, there is this, yes, there is that? Was it an emotional like, no, I can't lose this amount, I have to hold on and hope it turns around? Was it, oh, I don't want to move my stop loss and, and capture points because I really feel that it's going to break past this point and continue on forever? You know, this greed this greed and fear, the emotions that, that run these. Or was it credibility like, nah, you know what, I know better. I know better. And in this case, you know, like I said, the ego protecting yourself are you the one saying that, you know what? Yes, I can see the logic behind this, but I actually know better for no apparent reason other than that I just know better. And if if you can categorize which one of these three you are doing, I truly believe you can start to work on that thing and, and see at what level. Now you might have all three. Like I said, that's the problem. Sometimes you have, no, I just know better. It is going to turn around. Sometimes you have, oh, I cannot afford to lose this uh, greed. I actually want it to break through here and continue on forever. And sometimes you have the ability to, to logically explain it. And the problem here is that when you do that, you're not actually picking out which one it is. You just assume it's one or the other each time and you don't progress. So we really need to break this down and go, right, am I trading 
from these artistic proofs. And most of the time you can tell if it's an artistic proof because you'll use the term, if it does this, then this would happen, or it should do this, or yet it could go ahead and do this, not it's closing, so I am doing this. See the difference? One is like assuming because of future um, events, and the other one is deliberately observing what is happening right now. And this is what the inartistic proofs are. So the inartistic proofs, the other side of this category, which is where I said the professional traders, I believe, are, this is things that are factual. They are documented. They are right clear in front of you. So this is the trade has actually closed over here. And because of the strategy that I trade, I know that statistically speaking, this means that it's going to continue on and turn around. And so that is a factual-based, evidential thing that you can see clearly, and then you respond to that. Now, that is the inartistic proof that you, you've got right in front of you. But unfortunately, most of the time, we move to these artistic proofs. We move to the, oh, I do know better. Actually, I can logically say that maybe this will do this instead. My emotions are telling me that I can't afford to close it right here because that's too much money to lose on this trade. My ego is telling me that I actually don't want to take another loss because I've had 10 losses in a row, and so I'm going to hold on to this one and hope that it turns around. Does this make sense to people? Talk some ones in the chat if this does actually make sense. Because if we look at the overall aspect to our trading and see that we have the difference between artistic proofs and the difference between inartistic proofs, then we can start to figure out relative to ourselves where we're making those mistakes. And now if you can say that you are not taking any artistic, not making taking any persuasion because of artistic proof. So you're not having your ego tell you that you're right and you need to stay and you're not having logic telling you that actually, even though it says this, I can see another justification as to why I would stay in. And you don't have your emotion just going, oh, I need money or like, I want it to go forever. Then you can summarize, okay, that means I must be using the inartistic proof. So I must be only trading my trading plan, which tells me that when it closes here, close it. That tells me that when I enter here, this is what my exit would be. But that tells me when it moves this far in profit, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. You know, these things are those inartistic proofs. These things are if then statements happening in the now and not the future shoulds, coulds, woulds that I think lots of us um, trade by. And so it's really understanding what are the things driving your behavior? What are the things, where do your values lie to start with? Because that is, you know, your values and behaviors dictate your characteristic. And this is kind of actually relative to um, what Aristotle originally meant with ethos is the characteristics that drive behavior and, and habit. And so what are these things? What is it in your mind that you're doing while trading? And I know these things because I've done pretty much all of them. And that's why I've got a vast knowledge of the things not to do that I'm trying to work out to put forward to you guys. But is it your ego? Is it the logic? Is it the emotion? What one of these artistic proofs is more strong for you? And if it's a couple of them, note that down. Sometimes you might take a trade and you go, actually, in this particular case, I can see that it's the gray is just there. So I'm going to hold on to this one. I, or in this particular case, I can see that I really needed this win for my ego because I've already had two losses. Or in this particular case, I really can see that when it does break this level, it's actually going to go so far because there's no level next. And I want to make sure that I'm in for that. And I don't want to miss out on that huge run because, you know, if it does break, if it breaks, which it should, then I will get da 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 when none of that is actually true. That is all your interpretation of what could, might, or would happen. 
if something else happens, okay? So I really want you to be clear on this because the whole point of mindset is self-awareness. The whole point of understanding your on-chart behaviors is so that we can mend them and start to shift them and change them. And so if you're noticing some continuing patterns, which the whole point of journaling is to find these continuing patterns, then you can hopefully pattern interrupt and change those patterns and behaviors over time. And just because you observe something that you do doesn't mean you can then flick a switch and it's off, okay? Once we observe the behaviors that we are repeatedly doing that we know are not good for us, we have to untangle them. We have to slowly break them down and figure out how we can get them out of these behaviors because the first thing is to bring awareness to it and observe it. The second thing is to put in place certain things that we can do to remove those behaviors. And like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. You think about a tree, right? Just like a habit, a tree started off small and it's been watered and fed and cared for and looked after and it's grown and grown and grown and grown. You can't just like cut it at the trunk and then it's gone. There's still roots embedded. There's still a whole bunch of stuff. It's an actual pain in the ass if anyone's ever done it to uproot an entire tree, especially the longer you've had this habit, the more that you, you do the habit, the bigger it grows and the harder it is to remove. It doesn't just happen overnight. Yes, you can take a big chunk out of it. You can bring awareness to it and cut cut it down so you can't see it anymore, but you know that all the behaviors are going to be there. And if you don't continue to attack those behaviors and get to the root cause and understand it from beneath, over time, it's just going to continue to grow again. It's the way it is. And so we need to figure out what it is at the root cause of these behaviors and how we can slowly put implement like things in practice so that they start to move out similar to the way they moved in slowly and continuously. Okay. It's like you might change your dietary habits and your exercise habits today, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a six pack tomorrow. Just like anything else that's worth something, it's going to take time and consistent effort. It doesn't have to be hard. Like you can just go for a walk for 30 minutes every day and you will slowly see KGs come down and you'll slowly see health improvements. It's not hard but it just takes consistency. Same with the behaviors. You know, some of these behaviors, it might not be that hard to change, but you just have to observe it, find out the root cause, you know, ego. Is it your emotions? Is it your logically explaining stuff to yourself to justify the, the bad behaviors? And then work on those over and over again. Put in place things that interrupt those. Like for me, I know that I have a habit of revenge trading. If I take a loss, my ego goes, ah, I need that money back so I can get one step closer to passing this challenge or because I need this X amount of dollars to pay the bills or whatever it is, whatever excuse goes on in your head, you need interrupting behaviors. And so I have got after trade checklist right on the keyboard, right on the screen, right where I look at my charts. And it says, once stop loss is hit, whether that's closing or actually hitting the stop loss, close your eyes, take six deep breaths, and then immediately look down to your journal because this actually is my pattern interruption from emotional recurring behaviors. And it's worked great for me when I do it. If I don't do it, then I know that I have a bad session. And that's because it's a bad habit that I've noticed and brought awareness to. And it's something that I'm slowly implementing and continuing to break down. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to do it perfect every single time. I will have a week or two when I do it. And then I'll have a session where maybe I was something else was going on and I didn't start doing this. Then I had a bad session and, and it's obvious and I notice it, but that's okay. As long as these things get fewer and far between, then that is progress. That is growth. So please be aware. Do you have the inartistic proofs that you're trading from? like facts, evidence, things that are right there in front of you, things happening at candle closure in the moment right now. 
Is that what you're creating your behaviors on? Is that what you're taking your trade management on? Or are you still in this artistic proofs, this ethos, legos, pathos, this old way of manipulation and persuasion against self? Are these ifs, shoulds, coulds happen in the future? Are those the things that you're using to justify the bad behaviors to yourself? Because if they are, we can figure out which ones. Because like I said, everyone's different. You may have one that's much stronger than the other. And then when we know which one it is, we can start to attack it. We can start to break it down and we can start to get on top of these bad recurring behaviors. Okay. So much love to everyone listening. Thank you so much. If you did enjoy this episode, please share it with one other person. Like I said, it's the best way to grow. Plus if you are on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon, whatever it is, just give this um, podcast a follow, a like, a share, a comment. All those things mean the world to me because it helps me grow and helps me understand what you're liking and what you're not liking. Okay. So with that, traders, let's make sure that we have our trading plan on our desk. Mine's still tucked away, but now it's not. Make sure that it's open, the right page, wherever it may be. Open, ready, with a pen to write. Make sure that you've done your lot size calculations. Make sure that you understand your risk management. Make sure that you've done your brain warm up. Make sure that you've had your trading plan. Make sure you've done all the good things that you know are good for you to do. And that should be disciplined and part of your routine without failure. Okay. Much love to everyone listening on the podcast and to our traders. Let's go get some points. Bye.